Welcome to this podcast produced by Imagine, your resource for early childhood music therapy. Imagine is produced by Della Vista Publisher and can be found on the web at www.imagine.musictherapy.biz. This podcast is entitled What Music Therapy Students Need to Know When Conducting Service Projects in Latin American Countries and presented by Dr. Hakim Leonard and his students. Dr. Leonard is an assistant professor of music therapy at the Shenandoah Conservatory in Winchester, Virginia. As a professor, he regularly supervises students in the local community, but also prepares them to be successful in providing services abroad. Dr. Leonard has led music experiences with children in Uganda and empowered his students to offer music-based experiences in Guatemala. Students offering early childhood music in a foreign country can learn key information and strategies to prepare activities that maximize engagement, overcoming any perceived language barriers. In this podcast, Dr. Leonard and his students share their experience related to working with children in Guatemala. In going to Guatemala with 12 students this past spring break, we found ourselves in a unique situation. Previous trips with our conservatory students and faculty were a combination of music performance activities and non-music service projects such as building stoves or painting. However, this year, we endeavored to really have students apply the skills and knowledge related to interaction and learning within early childhood. Coupled with this new focus was the fact that we had never planned an early childhood intervention with the perceived obstacle of a language barrier. Within this context, this podcast will explore the question, what do music therapy students need to know when offering an early childhood music service project in a Latin American country, and how can professors best prepare them? It is only right for students to help with the development of this podcast, seeing as though they were such an integral part of the trip. I'll be asking some of our students key questions about the preparation of leading music, Adapting early childhood activities for engaging children while decreasing dependence upon language. Being culturally and individually appropriate in addition to being age and developmentally appropriate. Students will also reflect on being flexible with groups in addition to having a plan. And how despite being a short trip, this has enhanced their knowledge and skill as prospective music therapists. Now, let's take some time and hear from these students. Before each question, you will hear the name of the student that will be responding. On the fifth and final question, you will hear two students answering one after the other. Hannah Carlson. What type of preparation did it take to be ready to lead activities in Guatemala? And how much practice was needed before the trip? When we were prepping for Guatemala, we had to meet once a week so that we could get to know each other and be comfortable with our team members. But also we needed to prep a lot of different activities because we never knew what the kids would want to do or what the teachers would want to do, so we had to have a lot prepared. Also, we needed to work on activities that used nonverbal communication because there was a language barrier in Guatemala. So we worked on visual aids and gestures that would help us get across the point of the activity without having to use um, language. And we focused on teaching each other the activities in these ways and how repetition and things like the pictures we had put together would help us out. 
and that was really helpful in the end because they didn't speak Spanish like we had anticipated. So if we didn't prep nonverbal communication activities, we would have had a really hard time getting across our ideas. Show us an example of one of those activities. This is an activity called chuchuca, and although it uses a little bit of language, when it's paired with gestures and repetition, the kids can still engage in the activity. Chuchuca, chuchuca, train, train. Chuchuca, chuchuca, train, train. Chuchuca, chuchuca, sopla, sopla. Chuchuca, chuchuca, rapido. Chuchuca, chuchuca, train, train. Chuchuca, chuchuca, train, train. Chuchuca, chuchuca, sopla, sopla. Chuchuca, chuchuca, rapido. Chuchuca, chuchuca, train, train. Chuchuca, chuchuca, train, train. Chuchuca, chuchuca, sopla, sopla. Chuchuca, chuchuca, rapido. Chuchuca, chuchuca, train, train. Chuchuca, chuchuca, train, train. Chuchuca, chuchuca, sopla, sopla. Chuchuca, chuchuca, rapido. Brianna Brophy. Prior to this trip, were you concerned about how the language barrier might affect music activities? Also, what music and non-music skills does it take to lead activities without a great dependence on language cues and explanations? And finally, can you give a specific example of how you use these strategies in an activity while in Guatemala? Prior to my trip, I was definitely concerned about the language barrier. And even though it presented a challenge when we got there, it wasn't as much of an obstacle as I thought it would be. Musically, we chose a lot of simple harmonic structures that varied in rhythmic patterns. Non-musical cues included a lot of modeling and gestures. We had to do a lot of planning, wrote a task analysis, and discussed how we would sequence the activities. One example is our passing ball activity. A few of us played a simple four chord pattern on ukuleles at a moderate tempo while a ball was passed around. When the ukulele stopped playing, the child that had the ball was encouraged to come to the center and dance. One of us students would engage them by taking their hand and leading them. The ukuleles would play the same four chord pattern that sped up for the dancing music. And eventually we added more balls so more children could dance together. And this was done almost entirely without any verbal instruction and it turned out to be very successful. Could you give us an example of the music? The tempo for passing the ball. And now the tempo for dancing. Dina Gilly. Music therapists are taught to be age, developmentally, culturally, and individually appropriate. Can you speak to your thoughts and concerns going into the trip? particularly about being culturally appropriate related to music activities. Two of the challenges we initially knew we would face were some culture shock and being aware of the language barrier. 
As music therapy students, we understood that being culturally competent was extremely important. We had a representative from the organization we were with to come speak and educate us in the culture of our specific area. When facing the language barrier in musical activities, we originally planned to use traditional age-appropriate songs from the area during our interventions. This proved to be rather difficult, and we moved to translating children's songs from English to Spanish. This was challenging as well because many of these songs are language-dependent. We then created interventions that focused on movement and rhythm that could be taught through modeling and nonverbal communication. These interventions also provided opportunity and room for simple or quick adaptation to better reach the children. One specific adaptation used during a few of the interventions related to the use of the Spanish language. The children we worked with were actually learning Spanish as their second language, their first being mam or quiche, which are two of the traditional Mayan languages. Because I was able to communicate with the translators and the school teachers, we then could incorporate a few of the Mayan words into these interventions. For example, if we were counting during one of the interventions, we would generally use one, two, three. When translated to Spanish, this is uno, dos, tres. And when translated into mum, it's un, jabe, oche. You also had a very unique experience with a young girl in which you were able to emphasize being individually appropriate. Briefly describe that and give us one key to going beyond just age, developmental, and cultural appropriateness to include individual appropriateness on a trip such as this. As music therapists, we are expected to value inclusion. This meant not only with the students, but their teachers as well. We are also expected to be individually appropriate and understand the specific needs of a client. One of the students we saw was on crutches and therefore left out of certain activities and was unable to participate in socializing with her peers. While employing empathy and advocacy, I assessed her individual needs and created opportunities in which she could participate. This even extended to our movement-oriented interventions. Being culturally, developmentally, and age-appropriate is crucial to any success made during these interventions. Using techniques that are individually appropriate is also a key part in making any significant impact on a client despite challenges faced. Hannah Carlson. We prepared activities based on being able to split the large group of children into three smaller groups, so each could be led by a member of our team. Still, sometimes we didn't know exactly how many children would be in a class or if we would be able to divide the groups. What should a music therapy student prepare for in case making adaptations of the activity and having musical flexibility are necessary? Give a brief example if you can. When traveling to somewhere like Guatemala, you have to expect the unexpected because when we would arrive at schools, we didn't know how many kids we would have, how old they would be, or what their energy level would be like. So we had planned to split into certain groups at every school, but that didn't end up happening. We would break into one big group and move from class to class, so we really had to go with the flow. We also had to be observant of their energy level and engagement, because sometimes we would have planned a high energy activity, but they would all be really tired from recess or something like that, so we wouldn't be able to fully pull off that activity. So an example of this is instead of doing a movement activity that would require a lot of engagement and energy from the kids, we decided we would improvise with ukuleles and harmonicas and the saxophone, and we just matched their energy level, which gathered in their focus and made our next activity more effective. Abigail Scott. 
This trip was only one week. Despite the brevity of the experience, what knowledge and skills pertaining to working with children did you, as a prospective music therapist, gain? And how did your confidence increase? Even though the trip was short, it gave me experience in facilitating sessions and gave me confidence when leading group activities. Generally, as freshmen, opportunity is limited for hands-on experiences, and this trip allowed me to gain key knowledge to use in the future. During one of the days at a particular school, I was given the responsibility to decide the order of activities based on a number of factors, such as engagement levels of the children and the accessibility and appropriateness of activities, space, and materials within the environment. This experience gave me confidence and belief in myself to become a music therapist. Raquel Luciano. Here's one example to answer that question. Of all the activities we did with the children in Guatemala, I feel that making the shakers and playing them was one of the most developmentally beneficial. Children love to be creative and see how things work. Conceptually, understanding how things work is important. As each child physically placed the corn in the cups, this process showed them how instruments make their sounds. This also worked on their fine motor skills. Once the shakers were fastened, the kids soon realized how powerful they sounded. This allowed us to reinforce their knowledge of loud and soft. When a team member would raise their shaker high in the air and play loudly, the children would imitate, as well as when we would play them low and softly. This also opened the door to modulating rhythms and tempo, reinforcing important musical skills as they played the same chord and note rhythm as the team member. The entire activity required sustained attention to the team member as well. In addition, children received one-on-one -on -one attention as we helped them make their new instruments. Socially, it is very important for any child to have individual help and attention from an adult. The integration of multiple skills within this one activity is beneficial to a child's development, both musically and conceptually. This opened my eyes to how every activity I plan can work on multiple developmental goals simultaneously, and this gives me confidence in my ability to create goal-oriented activities in the future. We were very excited about the outcome of this trip for a number of reasons. First, our partners in Guatemala communicated that the early childhood music was very impactful. For many of the children, it was their first introduction to music engagement, playing instruments, and learning skills and concepts via music. While we were doing music activities, our community partners emphasized that we should integrate the teachers into our sessions so that they could continue to engage the children in learning concepts and skills through music after we left. Overall, this was an outstanding experience, and I echo my student sentiments that music therapy students, when prepared with strategies, are able to make a significant impact as well as be personally impacted while engaging in early childhood music in a foreign country. Thanks for listening to this Imagine podcast produced in 2016.